Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome in to episode 6 of Kayfabe Council, the show where we review and critique news topics and segments in the world of professional wrestling. My name is Pretty Tony, and alongside me is TF Joker. Joker, what's the crack? Crack. It, 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 well, the crack is sub, subpar 90 this week, PT. This week, we, we, we've talked about it before. You know, I am, uh, I'm really drained this week. I don't know what it is, but sleep has been less than forthcoming. And I just feel like I'm waiting for this week to be over. I need to be energized by the upcoming pay-per-views. I've I've been promised really good wrestling. I need really good wrestling. Um, And I feel like my body is just like, no, I don't want to cooperate with you right now. No, I feel you. I've been a little bit out of it myself. Uh, Sleep hasn't uh, been kind of there for me consistently this past week. I think it's also uh, about 90 or so Fahrenheit for me today. So I think with uh, getting hotter and just kind of the weather and all things considered, I can understand. I likewise am feeling a little bit tired this week. Yeah, it's definitely been getting a little bit more humid. I've been having to sleep with the window open and then being woken up by uh, noisy people at 6 a.m. or, you know, woken up an hour after getting to sleep uh, at 6 a.m is not fun yeah uh i too i've been knowing what uh 5 5 a.m 5 30 6 a.m uh is looking like because i am still awake at that time unfortunately not to my own choosing but it and is what it's the it is. worst thing is like i hate going for naps always feel worse after a nap for some reason i i must be the only person in the world that feels worse after having a nap and so if I refuse to nap, I will get into bed and I'll watch something, you know, whether something on the YouTube or the Twitch or whatever. And um, I fall asleep at 8.30 and be awake by half past 10 because my body's like, Oi, Dingus, you're meant, to be, you're meant to be awake right now. What are you doing? And then I can't get back to sleep until 4 a.m. I think the key with naps is you got to find that kind of what works well for you like it's one of those where do i just need like a 30 minute and that's it or like 45 like the minute that turns into like 60 minutes 90 minutes then it kind of getting into sleep territory so yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i tend to i tend to set alarms for a gauge how long it's going to take me to get to sleep Mm. I, i guess 10 minutes sometimes so I set a 40-minute alarm. I'll give me a 30-minute nap. Um, and there have been occasions where I've legitimately just went uh, snooze and then yeah. slept for another two hours. One day it was it was a legitimately uh, a half-one nap time. Wake up at two. I woke up at five. Was I, I felt better, though. It was one of my better naps. I did feel good afterwards. I just... Then I was awake until like 3 or 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Uh, naps are fantastic. You just got to be careful with them, much like you have to be careful with a lot of things. Mm. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody uh, hanging out and giving us a, a listen and a watch. So thank you guys so, so much. Um, as a reminder, you can find us in video form at youtube.com slash council and in audio form wherever you get your podcast from. On this week's episode, we look at... Predictions for AEW, 
and New Japan Pro Wrestling's Forbidden Door, as well as predictions for WWE Money in the Bank. But coming up first, AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling's Forbidden Door. So we're going to have, at the time of recording, we have a 12-match card. So starting off with the buy-in here, we have the Gun Club of Billy Austin and Colton Gunn, along with Max Caster, will face off against Yuya Imura, Alex Coughlin, the DKC, and Kevin Knight, of course, of the New Japan Pro Wrestling LA Dojo. Uh, who you got in this one, Joker? I I feel like it, it's it's a no-brainer for this one. It's the Gun Club and Max Caster uh, for me. To be honest, uh, no harm against anybody from the New Japan LA Dojo, but I am a big fan of the ass claimed, um, and they have been uh, they've been killing it inside and outside of the ring. And to be fair, Austin and Colton have been growing on me. You know they they've been really really good, uh, and just by name value, that's that's pretty much why I'm going for them. Yeah, I'm going to be in agreement with you. This was uh, announced on this past episode's uh, a week episode of Rampage, and uh, it's a traditional eight-man uh, tag that happens on a lot of New Japan shows, and I'm just going to go with the Gun Club and Max Caster uh, winning here. Should be a lot of fun to uh, see some of the uh, young boys from the LA Dojo, uh, but yeah. Because uh, we got got to see a little bit of DKC, and uh, but yeah, on this past episode's week's episode of Rampage, but yeah, I'm gonna go with the Gun Club and Max Caster as well. All right, coming up to the next match, uh, we have the Factory of QT Marshall and Aaron Solo taking on Chaos's Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. What you got in this one? Uh. <laughs> Um, I, I feel like I have to go with Chaos because I went with uh I went with uh Gun Club in the first one. Plus I always like to see QT Marshall on the receiving end of a pin. So um yeah, it it's unfortunately these buy-in matches are a little bit lacking in the anything I can break down because they do have some people in there that I've never heard of. Fair enough. Uh, I'm gonna also go with chaos. Uh, this should be uh, a cool little uh, kind of match to showcase. Thank you. That's kind of the worst for Goto and Yoshihashi in terms of folks that may not be familiar with them. So, but yeah. But I see chaos taking the win. All right, and the last match on the buy-in, we have Swerve in Our Glory of Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee taking on Suzuki Goon's El Desperado. And Yoshinobu Kanemaru, what you got? This one's interesting because of the 30 to 1 minute segment we had on Rampage last night with uh, Swerve and Keith, where you know they were having their little back and forth, they're talking uh, about being a tag team. And you know, apparently they've been having you know problems on AW Dark, Dark Elevation, things like that. There, um. I can see this being a, in fact, before I watched that, I would have said that it was going to be a Swerve Strickland-Keith Lee match. That was going to be their win. Um, 
But because of that, I can see some miscommunications going on in order to develop a 1v1 storyline with them too. That would be my perfect world. And for that end, I want to go with Suzuki Goon taking this. Hey, excellent point. Yeah, uh, the seeds have been sowed. A little bit of dissension because we saw in the number one contender match in the Casino Battle Royale for the interim AEW World Championship, Swerve ended up eliminating Keith Lee. So um, they tried to, they ended up getting a victory on Dark or Dark Elevation this past week. But yeah, little seats of dissension uh, in there. But yeah, I feel a little piece of a miscommunication on uh, Swerve and Our Glory's part, and Suzuki Goon will also take the win. So I'm in agreement with you. It's just one of those things that they haven't really done too much with the betrayal, as it were, uh, from the the battle royale, and we haven't seen um, we haven't seen Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks in a in a week with you know with the feuding with them. So um, it's hopefully for the best that they move away from those two for now and uh, maybe have this little mini feud and then come back together after a few weeks uh, because we bring back Parhouse and Ricky. Yeah, I can see it doing a little bit of a slow burn, um, having them, do I trust you, do I not? And then, you know, eventually we'll get the uh, the turn. Actually, I kind of see uh, turning on uh, Swerve, honestly, in that little piece. Just just even bringing that into it kind of reminds me of the uh, the barn burner of matches. It was at the best of seven matches Cesaro and uh, Sheamus had back in the day. Whenever you know before they came to become the bar, they had that uh, seven match uh, absolute amazing series of matches. Um, so I could see them benefiting from something like that uh, and then coming back together and being a team because right now is not the best time for them to be solo stars what with um a lot of the big individuals being tied up in top tier stories like big group stories um and you can't wedge them in anywhere to be especially in my opinion for keith lee needs to be working his way up to uh to the the top of the the top of the ladder uh, Swerve as well is absolutely fantastic, but in my opinion, Keith needs to be strapped a little bit faster. Uh, please make it so. And um, yeah, I just want to see something progress for them, and taking a step back is always a good way to rock, propel them forward. Yeah, with the plethora of injuries that are going on um, in AEW, it would be a nice opportunity as a tag team, then also as some singles matches to get both of those guys some reps. But yeah. We, uh, we're in agreement that, again, both Suzuki Goon is going to, to win this one, potentially with some dissension, but we definitely want to see uh, something come out of it for both Swerve and Keith. Yep. All right, moving on to the show proper now. We're going to look at uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus TBA. Um, so who, uh, first, who you thinking about is going to appear and be Dan, uh, Brian Danielson's proxy, and who do you think is then going to win? So this, this is interesting. I've been thinking about it, and I have been thinking about it, and I have been thinking about it, and it's really hard to come to grips with one person. Uh, there's, there's several people out there that everybody wants 
um, and everybody thinks it's going to be. Um, and there is people out there who are being conspicuous by their silence and conspicuous by what they're saying as well. So Cesaro is one of my favorite wrestlers. I just love the guy so much. He is just really good in the ring, belt to bell, one of the best prospects that there's going to be. He was very conspicuous by what he was saying this past few days on Twitter, where he was training for a, uh, a show on Monday with a Twitch personality. Um, and his, his name has immediately gone out of my head. Um, but this was for a weightlifting competition. I was just like, okay, it's a bit weird. Last time I saw you doing anything, Tyler One. Tyler One was the name, by the way. Um, and uh, last time I saw him doing anything, he was, he was to do with his coffee, uh, branding and stuff, and Departy and things like that there. Um, he's who I want. And the other person that I, I really do want to see back in the ring is uh, Johnny Gargano. But he's busy being a dad. And I'm not really one to be like, oh yeah, no, he has to come back to the ring right now because we are more important than his newborn child. Like, I've seen some of the tweets that he has been putting up about him, his wife, and the child. And you just look at them and they're all, all adorable. Let him enjoy this time. If it's Johnny Gargano, we are in for a really good match. Um, but I feel like Johnny Gargano would only be able to give us one match, whereas Cesaro could give us the two. Because this person who is going to be in the match is also taking the place in Blood and Guts. Therefore, I think the more likely and more obvious choice is Cesaro. And I haven't really been thinking too far outside Johnny and Cesaro because there hasn't been anyone that I feel has the star power to come into this match. They have to be not quite as big as Brian Danielson. Let's face it, how is the only way you can going to get that is CM Punk coming back for some reason. Um, but they have to be bigger than some of the individuals that are in this match. It has to be a big name so you get that crowd pop. We do not want a uh, Satnam Singh debacle all over again. Like, I find a really good replacement, and then it's Satnam Singh rolls out. You're like, okay, cool, but who who is it really? Um, so for this, I feel like it's going to be Cesaro. And because of that, I feel like it's going to be Cesaro taking the win over Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, those are all good points. Um, this one's been a little bit, I don't want to say complicated, but there's been like a ton, of, a ton of caveats. So we saw on this week's episode of Dynamite, basically Daniel Bryan saying he's going to have a proxy. And essentially he's putting this person over. Um, very technical, best technical wrestler in the world, which is basically the uh, the premise of this match here against Zack Sabre Jr. Um, so putting them over strong, they're going to be his proxy in this match and then subsequently in Blood and Guts um, this coming uh, Wednesday after Forbidden Door. They're also going to be the new member of the Blackpool Combat Club. 
So that's, you know, another caveat. Coupled with the fact, too, on Rampage, they said that the winner of this particular matchup will then be granted the advantage in Blood and Guts. So if Zack Sabre wins, uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society will have the advantage in Blood and Guts. And if the Proxy wins, the Blackpool Combat Club uh, collective team will have the advantage. So there's a lot going on with this. Be that as it may, um, a lot of people were running through my mind... Um, a lot of conjecture and talk about Cesaro being a possibility, Johnny Gargano being a possibility, right? So we we feel that this person's going to at least have a two-match piece, maybe do more. Um, uh, Chris Hero has been mentioned as well, which is it would be a fantastic piece. Um, my thoughts, I instantly jumped to Timothy Thatcher because they have uh, a little bit of a history and he's a phenomenal technical wrestler. But my pick for who the uh, TBA will be, uh, Tom Lawler, who has an association with New Japan uh, in terms of being uh, in the New Japan uh, American uh, wrestling uh, affiliation here with the New Japan Strong. Uh, just nasty. Dude's, dude's pretty good. Uh, ended up losing the... Uh, the strong championship to Fred Rosser. So he's kind of freed up from that belt in terms of that. But yeah, so I see it as Tom Lawler being the person. I see it as it'll be a, a, a fun match regardless who it is. Zack Sabre Jr. is going to win uh, so that they have uh, Zack Sabre still retaining that title of the best technical wrestler so we can do an eventual run back with he and uh, Brian Danielson for the... Uh, for the actual match that we want to see, and air by, uh, or no, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, they will actually get run it back, and uh, yeah, so I think I have a tiny correction in my brain. the The advantage matchup is actually in the six uh, six man trios match for the uh, which we'll speak about in a little bit. So my apologies, but regardless, uh, Tom Lawler loses to Zack Sabre Jr. I was gonna I was gonna say about the advantage thing because I think I missed that and I thought it was for the six man match, but yeah. Um, I think it's the six man match. As if if that was if that was the case, I was gonna then change my answer to Zack Sabre Jr. because I believe the JAS will get that advantage um just to be uh just to have that little bit of extra twisty twist in there. Um because that that advantage thing had completely gone out of my head. Um interesting, yeah. It's not somebody I'm particularly uh, well known, well caught up on. Uh, Tom Lawler and Timothy Thatcher. I was a wee bit. I've heard the grumblings just because he's a very good technical wrestler, and uh, there's been some mention about him, and then some conjecture back and forth about him being boring and slow, and you know the the same things. I'm not going to put him on the same level, but these same things being said about Randy Orton. He works a deliberate style. Uh, he works this particular particular way, and it's not for everybody. It's not really for me. Uh, Chris Hero, another one yeah, I didn't really think of. Um, I think that the reason I didn't think of him was because I had thought that he had kind of taken a more uh, relaxed stance from the last time I heard, like he was doing more of a training role or whatever it was, but um, that might have been a while ago. So, um, yeah, interesting. You're thinking the Zack Sabre Jr. run back. It's not uh, interesting. Not enough to get me to change my mind, 
I want it to be Cesaro, and I want Cesaro to win. So um, it's going to be interesting to see regardless. That is the match I am the most excited about, by the way, because even though they have uh, surprises all the time in AEW, this one, because it's Brian Danielson bigging this person up and you know we're, we're getting something out of this, uh, and it's going to be a Zack Sabre Jr. match. I'm kind of excited to see these really touted names uh, from New Japan. That is the one that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Cool. All right. So we uh, we both picked different people, and we both picked different people to win. So uh, definitely let us know your guesses for who will be the individual down in the comments below or in Twitter or Instagram. Coming up to the next matchup, we have the, for one night only, reunited Bullet Club of El Fantasmo, Hikaleo, and the Young Bucks taking on the dubbed Dudes with Attitudes. We'll throw back to the early 90s. Team of Darby, Allen, Sting, and Los Ingo Renables de Japón's Shingo Takagi and Hiromu Takahashi. So who do you got in this one? I don't. I don't like saying dudes with attitudes. It's very nineties. Like it. Very nineties. It's very nineties. Very early nineties. Very colorful face paint sting. Um. Yeah, Sergeant Sergeant Pepper Surfer Sting. Yeah. Um. I and because of that, I want the Bullet Club to win. Okay, <laughs> because I really like Hikaleo and I really like the Young Bucks. Um, I'm not a big Darby Allen fan. I'm not a big Sting fan. Uh, you know, I would probably get hit these days for even admitting that. That on top of the fact that I'm a big Cody Mark, um, I, I tick all the boxes for people just wanting to hit me right now. <laughs> but I want sting to lose and i want darby to lose just because they have this ridiculously dumb name if you had it just left it as darby sting and the the team i can't really pronounce because lij there we go um if you had it just left it at that i would have been fine but dudes with attitudes get off get off my, my tv go away leave me alone so you see the bullet club winning Yes. Okay. Purely for selfish reasons. Fair enough. Um, see a lot of a lot of fun players in this one. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I don't want to call them the dudes with attitudes, but the <laughs> Lij Sting Darby team winning, and uh, I, I see Hikaleo, uh, or secondarily El Fantasmo taking the uh, pin slash submission on this one. I think if it's Bullet Club taking the L, it has to be, uh, personally, it has to be one of those two. Yeah. All right. We move on to the singles match for the AEW Women's World Championship as the champion Thunder Rosa takes on Tony Storm. What do you got? We talked about this a lot last week uh, and the weeks prior uh, about the AEW Women's Division, and I am. Resolute in my pick, Tony Storm is going to be our new AW Women's Champion. Uh, it's not a knock on Thunder Rosa. I just feel like we need to kickstart, uh, kickstart this division. Um, 
And in order to do that, we need a change of champion. Uh, we need Tony to go in strong. We need uh, her to come out um, looking absolutely amazing and go on to have some really good matches. And there are already uh, some good plans, um, some good seeds planted in there for, for people, for her to fight, which would be really, really good. Um, plus, it would you know, take Thunder Rosa away, bring her back in a few months, and, you know, put her back in the title race again. Like, this is not going to be her last. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Thunder Rosa and Hangman Adam Page both suffered from having to follow really, really good champions. And for that reason, I feel like Tony Storm needs to win this in order to kickstart this uh, division. Good points. Uh, again, uh, you can reference last week's episode and the previous weeks as well when we went a little bit more in depth in the women's division and our thoughts on this matchup. Um, this one was a tough one for me, but I see Thunder retaining. Um, I think it's too soon for Tony uh, in terms of uh, winning the championship. Uh, she will hold one, if not both, uh, of the women's championships in AEW. But yeah, I just uh, I feel like Thunder's going to retain. Also, um, Ty Valkyrie on uh, this past week's uh Triple A's uh, Triple Mania 30 and mentioned that she wants to challenge Thunder as well. So there's, you know, little seeds and stuff like that. But regardless, uh, I still feel like with things considered and the opponent at the moment, although it's going to be a banger, I'm going with Thunder Rosa to retain. That's fair. Yeah. All right. On to the next matchup here. We have a three-way uh, triple threat match for a winner takes all. Matchup for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships and the IWDGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions as Ring of Honor Champions FTR, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler versus the United Empire and the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions of uh, Great Okan and Jeff Cobb take on Rapongi Vice, Trent Beretta, and Rocky Romero. Uh, what do we got going on here? This is going to be... FTR versus United Empire with Rapongi Vice in in each corner, just kind of having a little bit of a watch. Um, this is going to be really, really good. I feel like if it was just FTR versus United Empire, it would be just as good. Um, Rapongi Vice being added in here as a little bit of a a new element to it, especially with the the run-ins and the the fun little uh injections United Empire has uh, been giving to this particular feud. Uh, that being said, last night's match with uh, Jeff Cobb and Cash Wheeler, in my mind, kind of adds on to the fact that I have FTR taking the win. Um, I don't see Rapongi Vice taking this win. Um, but I do see them being the victim of the pin. Uh, could, in my mind, go on Trent or Rocky, but I do feel like it's going to be an FTR win taking everything. Excellent point. I am in agreement that one of the members of Rapongi Vice will eat the pin or the submission. I'm leaning a little bit more towards Rocky. But yeah, this is going to be a fun match regardless. Uh, we see 
Uh, FDR won the champions, the Ring of Honor championships at Supercard in April. And then United Empire won the IWGP Heavyweight Championship at Dominion about now two weeks ago or so. Yeah, something like that. So, um, although I'd want to see FTR hold uh, three championships, I'm going to go with United Empire taking it because they won it recently. That way, because it's only, and this is not to discredit Ring of Honor, but it's only the Ring of Honor championship. Tag Team Championships, uh, and they can eventually do a run back, although it would be nice to see potentially them hold the Ring of Honor, uh, AAA, IWGP, and then subsequently the AEW World Tag Team Championships all at the same time. A little bit of, uh, we got uh, Ultimo Dragon, (laughs) Super J-Cup style. They're both holding all of the belts, yeah. Uh, I feel I feel like those could be, but I'm going with uh, United Empire taking the Ring of Honor championships. Yeah, see, uh, I I was thinking because of the fact that you know they had only won the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Titles recently, that this was going to be a thing. But how often have FTR defended the ROH titles once before? They had the matchup against Rapongi Vice that was interrupted at a Schmaz finish it's with United really. Empire. I want to say once or twice since April beforehand, but not too many times, at least on AEW yeah, so television. They haven't really, you know, they've probably defended it about as much as United Empire, to be fair. Um, especially if we're considering if they did have a defense once, I can't even remember who they were against. I wouldn't even include that Rapongi Vice uh, run-in because obviously it was a run-in and completely uh, disregarded the whole thing um so that is why uh with jeff cobb having an absolute amazing match last night with cash wheeler uh and taking the win on him that is why i'm like leaning towards him getting the the nice little the, the little leg up and then him not even being part of the uh the match yeah. and then it just means that ftr goes away to njpw and maybe has some more over there and then you know loses the titles over there again um it kind of takes ftr away from us uh which i don't like to see but we have a lot of teams we don't always need ftr there and they're super baby faces now like whenever they go away they come back like as soon as their music hits they're going pop mad yeah, uh, the worst thing we can do is overexpose, and uh, then we'll be like, well, we see too much of these people, we're going to turn on them, so type of thing. But yeah, um, I do see a storyline somewhere, and I don't know if that's where they're going, where they do the bell collector thing, and then potentially have the three sets, and then eventually add the AEW ones. But yeah, I, I see we're having a split decision on who's going to win, but we do see Rapongi taking the, uh, the pinfall or submission. All right, on to the next matchup here a, for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion as champion Will Ospreay takes on Orange Cassidy. What do you got? So I had mentioned this on the previous show that I've been really interested in uh, in the United Empire as a, as a faction. Uh, I love Will Ospreay's presentation. I love Orange Cassidy's presentation. Obviously him coming back on a... Um, 
on a uh, or after rather his shoulder injury, I believe it was. Um, it would be so easy for me to say, oh yeah, it has to be Orange Cassidy winning this, but it's going to be Will Ospreay. He still doesn't even have his belt. Um, as of the time of recording, obviously before the pay-per-view, if he comes out with the belt, fantastic. But I think it was even made mention uh, that um, Juice Robinson didn't, doesn't even want to give it up. So, and he hasn't been to give the belt back. Um, so I'm going to have to lean towards Will Ospreay because at the same time as the United Empire winning their championship, he won uh, the United States Heavyweight Championship that day as well. Uh, hasn't had a chance to defend it either. Uh, first defenses against an opponent that we were, apparently it's been in the works for a long time, but um, we were supposed to have somebody else. So I just don't see Orange Cassidy taking it. And that just means the best friends, chaos, whatever you want to call them, are all probably going to lose today. Yeah, fair points. Um, you'd mentioned the whole uh, IWGP United States Heavyweight title, title Championship title belt situation. Um, where Juice Robinson was stripped, uh, he's still holding on to the physical uh, belt himself. Uh, New Japan on their YouTube channel released a video of Juice just cutting a promo saying, nope, I ain't giving it up. Actually, this match between Will and Orange is for a number one contendership to then fight me for the IWGP United States Championship. So... Uh, very intense. Uh, actually, decent promo by Juice. That notwithstanding, uh, I'm going to go with Will Ospreay winning this one. Again, leader of United Empire. Uh, this will be a, a good back and forth, especially because when we see Orange Cassidy get going, uh, this can definitely be a banger for sure. I actually have a sneaky suspicion we might see an appearance by Juice Robinson. Uh, potentially... Uh, I don't want to say make an interference here, but maybe make a post-match appearance on this one. Comes out with the belt going, ha ha ha, you have to come and fight the actual final boss. Um, I don't mind the fact that Juice Robinson is like, no, you know, you can't do this, but it's it's contrary to what NJPW does. Uh, if you can't defend the title, you vacate the title. It's something that a lot of people have a disagreeance with, whenever you look at oh well they can't defend it once so why are we only stripping them why not just do it the next time it's like guy had to go away for uh an appendix removal i think yeah appendicitis or... yeah yeah um so like you know there's a couple of weeks recovery there obviously he's well enough to be cutting promos another couple of weeks to get on the man uh so he's not popping stitches and whatever um and then you know he'd be back, but at the same point, John Moxley and other people have all had to vacate this title. Even Will Osprey has had to vacate this title because of illness, because of whatever. Um, so I don't feel like uh, Juice Robinson's promo, as good as it was, should really be like, okay, cool, he's still the United States. IWGP, whatever way it goes, champion. Um, and I just, because it's just not the dumb thing. Um, but he is part of, he is part of Bullet Club. 
He is part of uh, Bullet Club. They, they do what they want. Um, so it doesn't surprise me. Is is kind of uh, the the post match walk in with the belt, a la everybody else on and that sort of thing, would be funny. It would be good uh, because I reckon Osprey will lose his mind. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to be. Uh, I think it's definitely going to be a Will Ospreay win, and uh, then hopefully, whenever we do get the Will Ospreay Juice Robinson match, Will Ospreay just takes back the belt that he never lost, that he uh, won but never got to hold. Well, he well he had to vacate it, and then somebody else got it, and then they lost it the Juice, and then so technically he hasn't lost it since you know since previously holding it. So it's like, cool, I'll just yeah. try and I'll just win the match to get back the belt I never lost because you never lost it because you technically never won it. Yeah, the unofficially dubbed uh, cursed belt by the fans here, uh, the United States Heavyweight Championship by WGP. But yeah, we're both in agreement that Will Ospreay will walk away with the win on this one. All right, coming up to the next match here. This is the trios match uh, for... Uh, the winning team receiving an advantage in Blood and Guts, as correctly noted and erroneously mentioned uh, before. Apologies on that. As we see Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara team up with Minoru Suzuki, take on Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and Shota Umino. What do we got with this? <laughs> we got violence. That's what we've got. Um, I, I feel like this is going to be nonstop action. Um and yeah, it's gonna be somebody's gonna be bleeding. It'll likely be Wheeler Yuta, Eddie Kingston, and Chris Jericho. All three of them will be bleeding at the same time. Uh there will be um Minoru Suzuki just kind of watching everybody beat the crap out of each other and then goes, Okay, now it's my turn. And then he just chops everyone. Like I feel like he's just not gonna care at some point and just chop everyone. Um, and then him and Eddie are going to get into chop fest. Um, somebody's chest is going to get caved in because of it. Uh, they both turn on Wheeler Yuta and start chopping him. Uh, they both turn on Sammy Guevara, chop him. Uh, Sammy Guevara climbs a ladder, falls off a ladder because that's what he does. Um, he doesn't jump off them, he just falls off them. Um, uh, and then Chris Jericho is going to throw a fireball and win the match. So a lot of a lot of intense action, a little bit of ska too, but yeah, yeah, uh, this is <laughs> gonna be absolute anarchy. Like if if there was ever a match that could have more anarchy in an arena, it's this match because it has Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho in there with Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> yeah, the final oh. boss himself, Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, this one's gonna this one's gonna be fun. Uh, it's gonna be intense. I'm with you. I I could see a little bit of uh, color getting there. Um, yeah, but, uh, I see, I see the team of Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki taking the win. I do feel like either Yuta or Umino is going to take the pinfall or submission. Yes, I, yeah, I'm leaning towards, uh, Shota Umino taking it, but now that I think about it, Wheeler Yuta could probably take that pretty safely as well. Um, being the Ring of Honor pure champion and it not being on the line could set set up something for Sami Guevara and himself down the line for a different title for Sami to chase after and have sex with 
Uh, so that might be a good a good little segue, little little option. No, you're not, not a fan of that one? Option C. Yeah. <laughs> PT just out here shaking his head for those listening along. He's that he did not like the uh, the Sammy Guevara angle. No, I'm good, bro. I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we both see the Jericho Guevara uh, Suzuki team winning here. That way they will receive the advantage subsequently in Blood and Guts. All right, now on to the four-way for the inaugural AEW All-Atlantic Championship. I'll spare you all the waters, because I touched on it last week's episode. Uh, we have Pac, Miro, Malachi Black, and subbing for Tomohiro Ishii, uh, Clark Connors. So what do we got? Um, going to keep it short and sweet. I was talking with you through the week about, you know, having to have specific love for specific people in wrestling. And because of uh, my sort of love for all things UK and my uh, my home country as well, I have to go with Pac on this. Um, he is due uh, a title as much as this title is kind of a bit of a joke. Um, I still see him holding gold and i want him to hold gold now uh the unfortunate thing is it's not the tnt title um give him this title make it big he's definitely a guy to uh uh definitely a guy to elevate that championship because he will put on so many good matches with absolutely anybody yeah i i like where you're going with that and nothing against clock clark connors excuse me um he, uh, he ended up uh, losing to Tomohiro Ishii, but is subsequently the replacement in that. But uh, this will be a tremendous opportunity on a big stage for him. But I, I was down to either Pac, Miro, or Malachi Black potentially being the, the winner here. I do like your point of Pac sort of, yeah, he's actually uh, an AW original because he was at the press conference and stuff like that. Um, there has yet to hold gold. Miro uh, obviously being strong and having a uh, run with the TNT Championship. And then Malachi Black, uh, of course, coming in uh, with a lot of, uh, you know, creativity and, uh, you know, st- storylines uh, going forward and having the whole House of Black. Who do I see taking it here? I do want to see Pac take it for the same notions and ideas that you mentioned it. Um I could have gone either way with Pac, Miro, or Malachi Black. I could see them all being the inaugural champion. Uh, but I, I am going to also go with Pac. Yeah, I feel like, for me, the only options were Miro or Pac, not taking anything away from Malachi Black. And again, Clark Connors. I'm, I'm very sorry for kind of like just overlooking him at that point. But um, I just feel like this title was going to be on Pac or Miro. Um, uh, so even if it was Ishii, I think Ishii would have probably helped knock seven shades of, uh, stuff out of Miro for a while. Um, and then just have Pac, uh, end up the eventual winner. Um, so it was definitely always between those two. And, uh, I do feel like it's going to be, uh, the man that gravity forgot, Mr. Pack, the bastard. All right. Don't call me Adrian Neville, 
but Mr. Bastard Pack himself <laughs> were both in agreeance taking the AEW All Atlantic Oceans Championship. The Irish Sea, English Channel, you know, you got to include them all. Come on, come on. The actual name, PP. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> All right, on to the next uh, matchup here. We have a four-way for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship as we see champion Jay White take on Kazuchika Okada, Hangman Adam Page, and Adam Cole Bebe. What do you got? So this, this is one of those matches that was kind of added since we talked about it, but we, we did speculate that this match was going to happen. Maybe not with Kazuchika Okada, um, but that, that's going to happen. Um, as for who I've got, Jay White to retain. I don't think if if we're going off previous uh previous um reasoning for champions retaining, he has held it about as long as Osprey and uh O'Connor and Cobb. Uh, yes, they won they it at won, Dominion. They, yep. they won on on the same night, so I I feel like. If Jay White is to lose it, it's going to be because of Adam Cole, but I I feel like it's going to be Switchblade uh, retaining here. Yeah, I was thinking about this one as well. Uh, I'm, I was leaning towards initially seeing uh, either Jay White retain or Kazuchika Okada taking the championship, but yeah, honestly, this is, this is going to be a fun match, but I, see, I do see Jay White retaining and uh, Hangman taking the pin or the submission. Sounds about right to me, yeah. All right, and lastly, the uh, final matchup here, a singles match for the interim AEW World Heavyweight Championship as we see John Moxley take on the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi. What do we got? Uh, definitely do go back to last week's uh, episode if you want my full breakdown on why I really, really like this match. Why I like the idea of this match, and why it's going to be John Moxley to win uh, this title. Um, a second run for him with this belt in front of people will be amazing. Not taking away from Tanahashi. I know I have stated before that uh, I'm not a big New Japan uh, subscriber, watcher, uh, devourer of their content. I just feel like. Hiroshi Tanahashi, the storyline between uh, him and John is setting up to be John Moxley's win uh, and for this interim AEW World Championship title is just like the the, the cherry on the Sunday. It's going to be uh, it's going to be everything for for John to win this match and and have Tanahashi call him is. I can see this going either way. Obviously, the safe bet was would to be to have John win, so we can have an AEW representative hold the interim title. Obviously, have uh, potential matchups as well, uh, presence on TV. I can also see Hiroshi Tanahashi holding the interim title because uh, we do have the G One uh, coming up. Um, it's kind of looking a bit at the schedule, and he could potentially, since they tape episodes of dynamite on wednesdays could potentially be around for a good majority of the summer and into uh the potentially the fall so and it'd be a uh a nice sort of agreement and a good uh show of faith gesture between AEW and new japan 
see the ace Hiroshi Tanahashi holding the interim AEW World Championship, which would make it easier for them to have the uh, unification match with Punk and Hiroshi Tanahashi. I was conflicted on this one. Um, I think the safe bet, and I'm going to go with the safe bet, would be John Moxley, but I'd absolutely 1,000% love to see Hiroshi Tanahashi win the title, but I'm going to go with the safe bet of John Moxley. Yeah, the safe bet, it, it sounds like a bit of a cop-out. Um, I do agree that it is a bit of a safe bet because that's the way it's going to be, but you know, just you mentioning the G1 and, and the, them having uh, Tanahashi win this title it, it put into my head into my mind an ongoing summer of cooperation between these two companies which would be really really good going into july start of august um if we could if we could see more of the likes of the united empire the likes of chaos uh lij um you know things like this here if, if, if we if we could see more of kazuchika okada like the pop a coin you know, a yen flicking uh, thing got uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Like the, the amount, the amount of uh, pops these guys are getting. If we could have um, him holding that title and coming out, and uh, yeah, in a few weeks have um, CM Punk come back and be like, "That's my title. This is my title. I'm gonna, I'm gonna combine these two belts." And I'm going to be the ace, and then you're going to have, uh, then you're going to have an absolutely banger match there. Um, yeah, I, I would really like to see Tanahashi win, but like you said, the safe bet's John Moxley, um, and I feel like you can't go wrong with either of these guys. There's no right or wrong answer. There's what you want and what you want. And then what what Tony Khan wants, and then what everybody else wants. So uh, yeah, not going to change my answer. Would like to see Tanashi win. John's going to win. All right, and that is the full card for the Forbidden Door, and that are those are our picks. So let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube or on Twitter and Instagram who you think is going to win these matches. Do you agree or disagree? Let us know as well. Okay, moving on to WWE Money in the Bank predictions. Um, as a quick note, our episodes are usually released on sun, early Sunday. So as of uh, the releasing this episode, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view will be on this coming Saturday. So if we released our episode, we would be late and end up missing Money in the Bank, so we are doing our predictions in this episode just as a note for folks. Yeah, it wouldn't be much predictions, more us just going, oh yeah, I think such and such is going to win. Oh wait, they won. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah. So, with that clarity out of the way, we are going to be looking at the first matchup here for the United States Championship as Austin Theory takes on Bobby Lashley. We got in this one. So... There, there, there's a couple of uh, issues I have with this. Um, the fact that Theory is fighting Bobby Lashley uh, is probably there to elevate Theory more than anything. 
um, and the fact that this is for the WWE United States uh, Championship. I so desperately want Bobby to win and to proceed uh, on up the card. However, John Cena's coming back this week. It's his 20th anniversary. I can see Theory doing something with John Cena and being distracted uh, away from Bobby Lashley. Um, I don't know. It's just all bleeding in my in my brain. Why I really don't want this to happen. I don't want Theory to win. Therefore, I'm not picking him. I don't want it to happen. It's I'm not going to will it into existence. I'm gonna I want to put all my positive energy into, and it's not very much. I want to put all the positive energy I can muster into Bobby Lashley winning. Interesting. So you're going with Lashers, okay? I uh, hey, as Bobby Lashley, Mark as well. You know this. I do know for sure. Um, as stated, we do have a week's worth of television, so we have a Raw and we have a SmackDown to solidify and potentially change and alter and the card as it stands. But yes, so we do have John Cena coming back. Theory has mentioned his name and uh, potentially the rumors circulating is that uh, Austin Theory will fight John Cena at SummerSlam. I will see how that pans out, that notwithstanding. Um, this is a tough one because again, you want to have Austin Theory... In order to get better, you need to work with people that are higher on the card with you and have skills, and, and you can kind of test your might sort of in, against them. In order to get better, you need to fight people who are better than you. And Bobby Lashley, again, uh, main event guys, uh, multiple-time world champions. Uh, yeah, this one's, this one's an interesting piece. Uh, Bobby wins, then what does that do for... Uh, Austin Theory, if he doesn't have if he doesn't have the title, then he can face John Cena potentially at SummerSlam without it being a title match. And then what does that potentially look like? Does John win? But then that would be potentially two losses. Does Theory win and get a huge uh, push beating John? But then does is John okay with losing uh, a one and done match? But he did it with. Uh, Roman Reigns, so I don't know how that plays out, that notwithstanding. I'm going to see Theory win. Austin Theory's going to win. Very good points. Um, I feel like the John Cena match is probably a given. It's going to happen, most likely at SummerSlam. Um, and doesn't technically need the title. Um, because if... You're having Theory versus Cena. I do believe Cena would eat that pin. Uh, he's a very selfless guy. He would come back and, you know, contrary to everything that's been that's you know that that uh, big match John has been through, uh, he is a very selfless guy um, these days, and I see him eating a pin for Theory. Um, but I also see the fact that Theory would have to eat some humble pie before that. Um, and eating losses is a good way for him to get away from this selfie devouring gimmick. Uh this I um like I don't mind the the cocky heel. I like cocky heels, but 
Hockey heels are usually good because they can back it up. He has spent most of his time taking selfies and squirting baby oil in Bobby Lashley's face and doing pose downs and then having baby oil squirted in his face. You know, to me, he's not so much. Um, he's not so much creating this this cocky heel persona. But he's just dialing up his work from the way, like it's, you know, his his the stable he was in in NXT with with Johnny Gargano, and Candice LeRae and uh, Indy Hartwell. Uh, you know, he was he was that sort of that kid under Johnny on under Johnny's wing. But he was a bit, you know, getting a bit cocky and stuff. Um, I just I just feel like that's just that attitude turned up. Um, and it's not heelish to me. It just makes him look like a dork. Uh, and he's, I don't, I don't know. It's not, he's not portraying what I know they're trying to get over. And I want him to sort of have a more vicious streak. Not this, I'm a child playing about taking selfies, uh, because the only other person that I can think of that used to take selfies. Um, and it was just Prince Pretty, you know? He would come out with his with his little stick taking selfies. He, he was a great baby face. This, 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 this uh, theory's not for me. That's kind of what I'm trying to, in a roundabout way, get to. I need Bobby Lashley to feed him the humble pie so he can get the win over Cena. Uh, to get some of that vicious uh, builds, builds some of that vicious streak up. Yep, we've seen with his time in NXT, uh, with the way, like before mentioned, uh, the Bim Bro, the kind of sort of dumb jockhead, musclehead type of thing. We saw a little bit of the WrestleMania 2020 in the Performance Center, him being tagged with, uh, I think it was. Uh, one of the Los Lotharios, uh, not Umberto Carrillo, but Angel Garza. So we've seen a little bit of that. Um, now we see, Vega, yeah, we, and then we we've seen now the sort of uh, Narciss Narcissus, not quite Lex Luger, but yeah, that kind of cocky heel type of thing. So we've seen a little bit of his range. Dude's a dude's a solid worker. Um, you know, he's got a good look. Obviously, he's being positioned in a really good spot again starting him off with the united states championship um to have gold around his waist and he's being featured on tvs putting segments with vince mcmahon so again they have uh high hopes for him but yeah i could see either my idea of having him win or your idea of having bobby win can lead to some sort of storyline regardless helping him evolve his character a little bit in in the guise of potentially having that match with John Cena, so I could see either one going going down. Yeah, I, I definitely just want to see uh, Theory's character evolve more so than anything. Um, Bobby just coming out of that terrible uh, feud with MVP and Omos. Uh, thankfully, that's over. Um, I feel like Bobby can eat the pin, but shouldn't. Uh, just for the simple fact, Bobby Lashley needs to build his way up and become a credible threat again uh, and the way you do that is by eating folks uh, over and over and over again and uh, he is a legitimate badass so 
having and we're coming up to the SummerSlam and then uh, Clash of the Castle after that. We know, we already know sort of the matches that are going ahead. So we need uh, so we can see Bobby eat the pin and then be built up and be that bigger uh, threat down the line, uh, which I can see him getting a, a title shot before year's end. To be honest. Um, yeah, I'm not going to change my mind. I still think it's going to be Bobby Lashley just for the reasons that I've put out, but uh, definitely hoping that we see some some change going forward for Theory. Yeah, I think, yeah, we both uh, want to see uh, a movement of his character in some sort of direction. Agreed. All right, the uh, tag team matchup for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship. We see the champions Jimmy and Jay Uso taking on the Street Profits of Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford, uh, who you got? Um, I, I, the unfortunate thing is, like, it's the bloodline. It's the Usos that have been holding it down. Um, on TV, yeah. It down on TV, like yeah. they are doing really, really well. But so are the Street Profits. Like, it's really hard to to gauge who it's going to be especially because there's another week of tv to go um i think the theory bobby lashley one you can get away with uh you know very little is going to happen there um stuff developing um because the usos there is an awful lot still around the bloodline um there could be developments because of this week's on smackdown uh, them losing to uh, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, um, you know, with the Street Profits at ringside, um, the insinuation from Sami Zayn that uh, Brock Lesnar could win at Money in the Bank against uh, the Tribal Chief, head of the table, Big Oose, uh Roman Big Dog. My name is Joe Reigns. Um, so, like. There is one of those. They gotta use all his names, man. You gotta use. You gotta throw some respect on his names. Uh, I just feel like it's you can't take the titles off Roman before the Usos, and I don't see the Usos losing here. Yeah, really good points. Usos, a hundred percent. I've been holding down for it appearing on both shows and just kind of having sort of by proxy the uh the bloodline de facto representation here of what could have been for uh Mr. Joe uh big dog head of the table Roman Reigns on Oahi. Um but yeah, uh Street Profits have been getting quite the push and having a uh, really, you know, just fun segments and and you know, end up now having a little bit of momentum coming into the pay-per-view long 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 term i can see the usos losing bef- uh, losing the titles before roman loses the titles that notwithstanding going into this matchup as it stands right now i'm going with the usos retaining over the street profits yeah i definitely see the usos uh losing a a set of titles as the downfall of the bloodline um like it's the catalyst almost uh but that's not now yeah all right so we're both in agreements for the usos retaining 
All right, coming on to the next matchup here, singles match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. We see the champion Ronda Rousey taking on Natalia. Yeah. Ronda Rousey to retain. I have no, I have no breakdown of this PT. I don't, don't like it. I don't like either of them. Yeah, they've been they've been building up a little bit. Uh, we've seen Talia obviously being a credible uh, opponent, obviously beforehand with her experience and piece here. I'm not a fan of the build. Um, I know at one point they were sort of training partners and friends. Now that they've been separated and Ronda's come back. Uh, you know, Natalia's in a different place now, obviously, um, a little interjection of Ronda Rousey's friend and now Natalia's partner, uh, Shayna Baszler, has come into play. I'm glad it has not come into play and sort of had dissension on that, so I'm really nice. But the weird, the match has been weird. Had that little pseudo-Becky, they're feuding on Twitter, talking about, you know, uh, you know, numerous things covering over... Uh, body issues to conspiracy theories and how each other choose to live each other's life. So I get the nice trying to idea of trying to build and kind of bring a little bit of realness and heat to the matchup, but no disrespect to Natalia. Uh, Rhonda is going to retain. Yeah, I, I completely agree. At least this is hard build, but I'm just not a fan of the way it's been built. Um, yeah, the, the, the Twitter feud, like you mentioned, I was just kind of just sat there going, huh, whatever. Just, it's just, there. It, it's, it's obvious that they're trying to drum this up because they have to have this. I feel like it's probably because they are friends that they can do this. You know, mm -hmm. like, I, like I've said, this is obviously being discussed before. Uh, this is a really good way. Uh, hopefully you won't be insulted by this. And like you said, you know, uh, Natalia being Shayna Baszler's um, partner at the minute, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler were training together before the Charlotte Flair match at WrestleMania. Um, I just, I, I kind of want Shayna Baszler. I kind of want, I kind of want the outcome of this match for Shayna Baszler to come down, beat the crap out of both of them, and leave with the title. And then for both of them just to be like, oh, okay, that happened. And just have Shayna Baszler as just a third, you know, 100 to 1, just comes down to the ring, takes the title, goes home with it because she deserves it. She should be champion anyway, in my opinion, because I love Shayna Baszler. I think she is one of the, along with Ronda Rousey, is a legitimate badass. Um, and I just think she needs it more than anybody, but Ronda Rousey to retain, yeah. Yeah, it could it could see if uh, if anything of Shayna comes up in the matchup. I don't think it may. Uh, and you also, as much as you would like to also see it, you don't think also that there's going to be any Shayna interference or conjecture in here. But yeah, we're in agreement that uh, Ronda retains. Yeah. All right, on to the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. We see Lacey Evans, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Asuka Shotzi, and potentially one to be determined in this matchup. So, who do you got? So, I, I mentioned I mentioned this to you earlier, and it's going to be the same thing for the men's. I had to address this from a point of view of who do I feel 
could be the champion in 68 months time um there's no one here that i feel will do an immediate cash in on the night alexa bliss has already done this asuka has won the championship because of uh becky surrendering uh, away and being you know for her pregnancy um Shotzi's not big enough right now. Liv Morgan's not big enough right now. Raquel Rodriguez is not big enough right now. Uh, Lacey Evans as well, only recently coming back. Um, that TBD has me wondering because what I really want it to be, and this is why it sucks it's on a Saturday, I really want Bailey to come back on uh smackdown uh on the final match before before everything's announced want her to be a surprise entrance into like a triple threat her to win and for her to be that tbd she wins money in the bank that would be my prime uh reality right there for this but it's not gonna be that pt it's not gonna be that I just don't. I think Asuka could win this. Okay, so you're going with Asuka. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I just don't see. It's unfortunate, but I don't. I really want to say Liv Morgan, but I also kind of want to say Lacey Evans, but at the same time, Liv Morgan has been plagued by terrible booking. Shotzi recently is getting that sort of start, so I can see it being her eventually, but it's not this year. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez, far too fresh uh, onto the roster. Um, and as much as I do think they're trying to strap things to her to give her this push, the champions at the minute are too big. Uh, and you have to have someone who... If they're going to immediately cash in, it has to be an Alexa Bliss, an Asuka, or a Bailey. Um, if you're going to have that opportunist, Bailey is the best because she can come back as her heel Bailey persona, which I loved, and she can be very sadistic, have her ding dong hello, money in the bank uh, briefcase sat there. She would be just so good. Uh, if if that TBD is not Bailey, Asuka wins this. It's like you're in my brain because I also had Bailey pegged as the TBD. So for the same uh, notions and ideas that you put, so uh, copy paste, copy pasta my notions of what you said for the same all the same reasons, and it makes but sense. It is, like- People will think because we, we talk about these th- this stuff beforehand, but there are like a lot of our things we don't talk about. So that's hilarious. That yeah. You went with Bailey as well. Yeah. I mean, because it makes sense. Uh, big return, kind of big show, you know, type of thing. So yeah, I could, I could see it there. So again, for all the same arguments, uh, if it is indeed not her, and like you just said, um, I'm, I'm on the same wavelength that who, who can it be? As I as I go across the the folks here, Lacey Evans, they put time into the vignettes and the kind of the builds and stuff and the repackaging. Um, kind of a tweener. We don't know exactly if she's a 
healer a face. Um, I think super, she's meant to be back to being face now. Super ambiguous, but I, I can see potentially her winning. Alexa Bliss obviously is a safe bet. Um, you know, uh, putting the money in the bank on her could obviously instantly elevate her uh, slightly higher in the women's division. Liv Morgan, again, she's been getting a, a little bit of a push, as uh, our friend Andy Murray would say. And uh, I could, you know, I if you want to build a new star, I can see Liv getting get holding the uh, the briefcase. Rodrell, Raquel, excuse me, Raquel Rodriguez, a little too brand new, and uh, no disrespect, too way too baby faced to kind of hold it. So, um, if she did, it would give her a little bit of a kind of little chip on her shoulder, a little edge to the character, but super super baby face. Oscar is another super safe bet, hundred um, percent. We talked a little bit in our pre uh, pre production meeting yesterday that um, you know Oscar has just been a thousand percent uh, since like the six weeks she's been back, like crazy on TV and and a ton of matches and stuff like that. So again, uh, when she's here, they're like, all right, <laughs> use an Oscar. So she's another safe bet. Shotzi again's getting a little bit of a push, so I could see her again being a little bit of a wild card. Much like Nikki uh, Ash slash Nikki Cross did in the previous year, type of thing. So, um, my pick again, if it's not Bailey as the TBD for the same reasons you mentioned, uh, I'm just gonna take one and say Liv Morgan gets the gets the briefcase and gets a little bit of a push ski. So, I wouldn't be mad at that. The only the only ad- additional reason I think the. Uh... That Asuka could probably win it is because of the current, uh, well, the 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 recent feud with Becky, and their history with uh, Asuka having won it before, and we could see a Becky taking on the role of the Miz, and Asuka taking on the role of Otis, and them uh, having a little bit of a contest to uh, wrest that money in the bank off of uh, off of Asuka. Um, it's just something. It's mainly because if if it's not Bailey, like I said, I, I feel like that's the only little, um, the only little change that I would add in. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, I can see it, so I'm I'm not mad that's with either one of the ways. Fingers crossed for Bailey, though. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we're hoping. But let us know what you think is the uh, to be uh, to be determined uh, new person joining the women's money in the Big Matter match. All right, on to the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, we see here that Seth Rollins, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, Omos, Sami Zayn, and potentially two to be determined. So what are your thoughts? I, ha- I don't know. Whereas I had a sort of TBD in mind with Bailey in the previous one. I don't have anyone for this because unfortunately the man's money in the bank for me was always going to be Cody. Like it was always going to be um big old American nightmare taking the briefcase, uh, having that American nightmare stylized money in the bank briefcase, uh, rocking around wearing his big coat, you know, and looking all kinds of awesome. A big old um, uh, America F. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. <laughs> Bald eagles just, and everything. <laughs> just exactly. Bald eagles, transformer logo on there. <laughs> or, you know, the star spangled stripes banner, whatever you call yeah, it. Yeah. 
Um, big old American nightmare on there in his font yeah. and it has yeah. sparklers that shoot out the side of it or something. I don't know. Ha- it, the briefcase has its own pyro in this in this uh, version of events, by the way. I love it. Um, so I have no idea who the last two TBDs are. So what? Who do you? Well, before I kind of give my thoughts on that, who do you think the two TBDs are? I'm gonna go. So obviously, as being a week out, this is going yeah. to be solved. But yeah. So yeah, once the pay per view comes around again, we'll obviously know. They did some weirdness with Sheamus and McIntyre, where they both got a was a double DQ, double uh, count out, or something like that. They were both out. Then they were both in, and then this past week on uh, SmackDown, they were like, well, since you both didn't win, the uh, the management has decided to not have you in, but if you beat the Usos, you're in, so you're back in again, so it was a little weird. I think it was more just so of like, all right, well, let's just have a little bit of a storyline and fill time, really. Uh, that notwithstanding, so we saw people have a second chance slash get out, get in. I can see if it's two... TBDs, I can see Riddle and I can see uh, Shinsuke. Okay. Interesting. Definitely not two individuals I would have picked simply because they've lost the two individuals that are already in there. Um, But makes sense because who the heck else is it gonna be my next um, line slash question is was like well who else you got brother <laughs> yeah yeah no I, i'm i'm not i'm not gonna lie i was legitimately on the uh the raw and smackdown roster pages earlier on today looking down going injured 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 mm, yeah. not really not really going to be doing anything uh probably not for this match i think they're still at nxt uh, you know, so um, here, here's the here's the thing, though, right? Uh, we could have these TBDs, uh, and and it's not something that we really think about. Cesaro's contract was uh, left on, you know, on uh, it expired. Yeah, he he, yeah. he let it expire because they couldn't come to terms. Right. So he's still technically on good terms. A little one-off? A little, not so much a one-off, but he would have, because WWE don't do that. Uh, he would resign, okay. and he could win on he could win on the go-home show on SmackDown. Okay. Um, which would give us the Seamus Cesaro sort of, you know, comeback moment. Um, the only other part, and that's, that's way out in left field. Like, I don't really see that happening, but it would be really fun to see that happen. Uh, The only singular people that I can think that might come uh, to fruition are three people. Damien Priest, Finn Balor, Tommaso Ciampa. Mm. Those are the only three remaining individuals that haven't had matches to qualify for this that could still qualify. We mentioned in our production meeting yesterday, Judgment Day has been relegated to main event, which is why it's a little bit kind of annoying because I would really like to see Finn Balor in this because there's ladders. Do you throw Rey Mysterio in that mix? 
Oh, you see, if you throw Rey Mysterio in, you have to go with Veer. Wild, like card. Wild card. Yeah, you have to bring in Veer into that as well. Uh, because neither of those two would win it because the carnage that Veer would have to bring to bear against Rey Mysterio then uh, would cause chaos enough that he would disrupt everybody else, probably leaving it to, um, you know, Seth and Seth, Seamus and Drew. Um, so, yeah, mentioning Rey, I can see. I can see if you do that, you have to bring in Veer. Uh, my preferred pick would be Finn slash Damien and Tommaso. Yeah, I think those those are like the only remaining ones that I can pick out of my brain. Um, but unfortunately, like we said, main event Judgment Day is uh, is a thing now. Yeah. So. Uh... With that being said, who are you uh, who are you picking to have the briefcase? Hmm, that's a very good question. Because <laughs> even with all of that, I don't really know who I want to hold hold this thing. It's not going to be Drew McIntyre. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be Drew McIntyre for the reason that he already has a chance against Roman at Clash of the Castle. Like I'm. Like there's it's ninety nine. I'm pretty sure it's guaranteed. I'm pretty sure it's already there. But if it's not, it's like ninety nine percent guaranteed. Why wouldn't you have him? It's uh, unofficial. Against... He he's called yeah. a shot. It's there's no confirmation. There's also yeah. rumors that uh, if they can score it, Tyson Fury versus Drew. But nah. yeah, it's looking like unofficially. Yeah, it's Drew and Roman at Clash of the Castle. Yeah, so so I feel for that reason, it's not going to be Drew. It's not going to be Omos. Um, if they put that on Omos, then he is the new Otis because he will have that taken off him. Uh, he's just not, just not good enough, in my opinion. Um, Sheamus, no. Uh, it, it really comes down to who are the TBDs and are they better than Seth freaking Rollins? No. So it's going to be Seth. Uh, Mr. Money in the Bank. Like, he is the new Mr. Money in the Bank. He's had two successful cash-ins. Uh, Roman's dodging him. One? Definitely One successful cash-in? Definitely, definitely Mania 31. So he's won, it, he's won it twice, though, hasn't he? I don't think so he's at least I, had one so i want to i know check. that for sure so while you're checking that to. while you're checking that uh yeah in terms of the the guys we have in the match rollin sheamus drew omas zane and tbds uh you know i mentioned mine being the tbds of riddle and shinsuke I'll throw a super, super ultra mega wild card of uh, Edge returning to be a TBD. That notwithstanding, uh, like you said, Drew sort of unofficially has his match set with Roman at Clash of the Castle. So super safe bet, Seth Rollins. Because again, he planted a little bit of seeds and said, I got Roman's number from the Royal Rumble. 
going back to the shield garb and kind of doing all these little things. So uh, sticking it craw and be like, uh, do his little Waluigi laugh and uh, be like, I have the money in the bank. I can get you type of thing. But yeah, I feel like safe bet is Seth Rollins. Yeah, so it does look like he has only won it once. I thought he'd won it twice. Yeah. So this will be a second time for him to win this. Yeah. Um, I definitely do think uh, that it is probably for the best to give it, give it to him. Uh, they're going to tease the Sammy win. Um, and I, I feel like the Sammy win would be hilarious because you would end up having... Um, you would end up having uh, the honorary oos potentially yeah facing yeah the honor the head of the table uh, if if i was to go with what i really want because it would be f- funny um it's it's sami zayn winning but if i if i'm going with what's best for uh head booker uh vincent kennedy mr mcmahon uh no chance then um it's it's seth freaking rollins yeah so yeah, it looks like we're both going with Seth. Again, safe bet makes sense, uh, type of thing. In the absence of Cody, which uh, our friend TF Joker, huge Cody Mark, thought he was going to get the just, uh, just, title and the just, uh, bank money in the bank briefcase. It was right there. All they had to do was keep him healthy, and then Seth Rollins had to go and be Seth Rollins. I'm, blame- I'm just going to blame Seth Rollins for it. Fine. I'm not salty at all. All right. Let us know as well who you are picking for Money in a Bank ladder matches for both the men's and the women's. And the final matchup here on Money in the Bank, we have a singles match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. As we see, champion Bianca Belair take on Carmella. So, so we've got... Bianca Belair versus Dolph Ziggler. Um, sorry, the Dolph Ziggler of the women's division. You, you, you did kindly say this. I'm sorry, I'm stealing your line. You, you did mention this the other day when we were talking, and it just made me chuckle because I read that and I was like, "You said Dolph Ziggler wrong." Um, Bianca Belair is winning this. She is the EST of WWE. All of the ests that you want to add on. She had a bit of a janky promo this week. Uh, I wasn't too much of a fan of her promo uh, on welcoming everybody to Raw, which, by the way, I'm not sure when that started. But, like, I've become more and more aware of it these last few months. The, the, the opening, to... opening uh, promo, you know, talking segment? Just the kind of over-exaggeration of welcome to X show, you know, just the, it's like an almost over-exaggeration and you may have, you may have unsubconsciously been super made aware of it. And when a Vincent Kennedy McMahon opened SmackDown the other week and just said, Hey, then now forever together, welcome to SmackDown. Uh, yeah the, the less said about that the better yeah. um <laughs> let's never i don't want to hear that impression ever again there pt please no <laughs> um but definitely probably is the reason but it has uh, whatever her promo was this week she definitely just kind of made me hyper aware of the welcome to monday night. i was just like i don't really i'm not a fan of this and it's unfortunate that she was the one to do it 
but her uh, her est promo was just uh, it missed the mark for me this week. But Bianca's going to retain because there's currently nobody better than Bianca. Uh, Carmella is also not going to put up a big enough fight where whoever wins the Money in the Bank ladder match is going to cash in on her either. Yeah, uh, to make note in our previous conversation during one of our production meetings earlier in the week, we uh, I spoke about now Bianca facing Carmella, and it reminded me of the sort of the, the Dolph Ziggler piece where they can be away for a while, and if you need somebody to uh, have, a, have a match or, or potentially wrestle a champion to have at least sort of a stopgap pay-per-view or a television match, um, Dolph, or in this case Carmella, can be that individual because they have been a world champion before and sort of be a plug and play kind of character. So that's, that was kind of the uh, comparison that I had made for Carmella being a little bit of a Dolph Ziggler situation. But yeah, uh, it's unfortunate Rhea ended up uh, being injured and was out. So uh, when they made the matchup uh, this past Monday, I didn't necessarily think that Liv or Alexa uh, was going to win to be taken out of the money in the bank and slotted in there. Um, that notwithstanding, Carmella made sense because it's a safe bet. They can have a match. And I do see uh, Bianca, Bia Bianca Belair retaining. So then subsequently we can have that match with Rhea Ripley. Yeah, it's definitely the one down the line. I know we had the conversation about Rhea Ripley several weeks ago um, that we need her to chew everybody up, spit them out, march towards Bianca. And it definitely looked like that was the way it was going to go before Edge sort of uh, got taken away by uh, his children. Um, and uh, then they got relegated to main event. So part of this is um, part, of, part of this is, like you said, just the, the, the plug and play ability of Carmella. She will go in, she will give a good match. Uh, she is former champion status. Uh, so that lends credibility to her as it would with uh, Dolph Ziggler. Like, you know, always keep in mind that they have that athletic ability. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely the one match that we were robbed of was uh, Bianca versus Rhea. So all the best to Rhea getting, uh, getting better soon. And uh, hopefully next month we can see them uh, fighting at SummerSlam. SummerSlam is the next one, right? That's correct. Yeah, cool. That's where Brock and Roman, Roman. are having their match as well. I yes. thought it was on this card for some reason as well. But yeah, can't be spoiled there. Nope, no world championship matchup on this one because it's not in a stadium. So Roman yeah. will not make an appearance. They were on the previous poster, which is why I got confused because they changed the poster as well as the venue. Because ticket sales weren't doing so good. Card subject to change, brother. Doesn't work for me. We're not in a huge soccer or football stadium. <laughs> Can't show up, dude. Can't make the plane trip. WWE CEO also subject to change, apparently, as of, yeah. as of a few weeks. So maybe it shouldn't be that way so often. Ah. But those our those are our picks for. WWE Money in the Bank. Uh, let us know what your picks are as well. All right, time for some quick hits. Uh, once again, quick hits are little 
segments or little pieces that happened throughout the week that we really enjoyed or sort of popped the boys for us and we wanted to share on this week's show. So I'll go first. I only have two this week. Uh, so at this past week's uh, AAA, Triple Mania 30 in Tijuana, we ended up having a match that saw Matt Hardy team with his brother, Johnny Hardy. Of course, uh, the aforementioned John Hennigan, John Morrison, Caballero, Elite, Impact, Mundo, Nitro, Spade, Superstar, Delete is appropriate. Uh, ended up facing uh, the other brother team of Dragon Lee and Dralistico. Um, but unfortunately, due to a miscommunication on the Hardy brothers' side, they ended up losing to the brothers' uh, Dragon. So, uh, But they ended up having a promo shown on the pay-per-view itself, and Johnny just giving it socks and uh, coming out and... Just did 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 and just going in, and yeah, allowing us to show and find the long lost Hardy brother Johnny. I'm glad they were reunited. Reunited, and it feels so good. So I really enjoyed that. That was super fun. And of course, unfortunately, they had to make a change as the Matt and Jeff were already scheduled to appear at uh, Triple Mania 30, unfortunately, but due to uh, Jeff Hardy, uh, his whole situation, they made the change, but it was a, it was a, it was a fun and a nice change for them to make. So, All right, and the other piece that I had this week uh, on Dynamite, we had Silas Young make his AEW debut, uh, rekindling his feud with Hangman Adam Page from Ring of Honor course me seeing silas once again reminded me of uh, jay hunter of osw review as he would say silas has a sarcastic beauty to him very reminiscent of hall of famer heavenly body gigolo jimmy del rey of wwf's new generation something something sexy body wave uh he is indeed prime time Grade A Hall of Fame boy stable material. I mean, just the sarcasm is palpable right there. Just, just lap it all up. But yeah, okay. I'm just going to have to go with that one. Even even though it was way over my head, your your description of it, 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 it was popping me there. It was just because everything I, I, I just remember from the match, I was just like, wow, okay. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So Silas, Silas is, uh, is very talented, but yep. A thousand percent, uh, boy stable material. Feel free to claim him, put him in your barn, let him roam free in the paddock. But who's going to claim Silas Young as a boy? But those are my quick hits for me. Uh, do you have any quick hits, Joker? I do. This week uh, actually gave me a couple of, uh, of quick hits. They're not my normal scissors sections, you know, even though there was one, it popped me enough, but these ones popped me a little bit more. As obviously uh, another injury has, uh, has claimed an individual on the roster of AEW in red velvet. So best wishes to her getting healthy real quick. And in that uh, a little announcement, we were given uh, the information that there's going to be a body search going on 
So Jade Cargill, my application is already on its way. Uh, just make sure that uh, Stokely does not open that one. Um, but mainly it's because, um, you know, my, my, uh, my pop was from him describing uh, the pictures to be sent. My sisters in Christ, keep your pictures PG. As soon as he said this with the straightest of faces, just looking straight down the camera, I just looked at it and went, oh, he right. People are just going to be, people would have been sending in all the dirty IG shots. Yes. Uh, shout outs to Stokely. Absolutely killing it. Being the publicist and the spokesperson for Jade and the baddies. Uh, Whopper promo. Absolutely loved it myself too. Laughed hysterically. In addition, when I heard that line, yeah, he he is just I don't know, just smart. Mark was being outclassed, and you know, Stokely is just so good at this. He's absolutely amazing. Um, but to lead on from what was already amazing because of their little steps to take and his addendum to uh, keep the pictures PG, we move on to uh, the next part of that. Promo, you can call it the next part of it because they're linked with uh, Athena and Statlander just kind of doing their posing, just, you know, throwing their jackets down, looking down the camera, going, oh, you know, like this, and saying, we could be baddies. Um, you know, I still think I have more range than both of them, but they were absolutely amazing uh, seeing their comedic chops because you only really ever see Chris Statlander being this serious beast of a person. Uh, who is going to crush everybody in the ring and to see her throwing down some some comedy slapstick with uh, Athena, who is equally just really good. Um, yeah, I, I love this little feud and uh, seeing them have a little bit of fun with this was definitely enough to make me giggle. And uh, I'm not, I haven't been a big fan of the baddies because I've just been like, oh, it's just, you know, it's just, a, it's just a thing. Like, it's just her little DMD group. But uh, legitimately seeing this uh, this go on is is warming me to uh, warming me to the group and and making me even more interested in this uh, in this feud. And I think uh, real quick, I think Stokely has added so much in the sort of dry humor, affirmative kind of affirmation of being the quote unquote publicist and just thousand percent given it socks i think it's the concept of the baddie and the baddie section has grown on me so much since stokely has taken over since double or nothing oh yeah 100 uh I, I you know not taking anything away from mark sterling but he was in the position of actual manager stokely hathaway being quoted as a publicist somebody who has to give you that forward face that the best of what they can be he is the mouthpiece, an awful lot better than Mark Sterling, uh, because it kind of really only ever came down to Jade saying, you know, cut the ish, and then you know walking away. So, as much as I as much as I love Jade, her mic skills still need work. Uh, her in ring skills are only getting better. Stokely Hathaway is elevating this and just makes it better better all the time. Um, but. No more AEW uh, quick hits. I've got two from WWE this week, which is surprising even for me. Uh, the Pat McAfee uh, promo from SmackDown last night um, was hilarious. 
if you're unfamiliar or haven't seen the promo, I, it is a three and a half minute, four minute promo that he cut on Baron Corbin last night, uh, calling him Thomas Corbin and uh, quoting The Rock uh, about you know coming to uh, entertain the millions. And he got the appropriate and millions from the crowd, which just made me really happy for him because whenever he was trying to get the bum-ass Corbin chant at the start, it didn't quite hit. So he, he skipped over it, which was good. His pacing was really on point, and he is absolutely amazing at these promos. Uh, he went on, he got the appropriate and, million, and millions response. Uh, gave a shout-out to The Rock, who subsequently, by the way, has replied to his tweet about the um about the promo and said that he's doing really good work. So whenever you're getting that praise from Dwayne the Rock Johnson, you gotta be doing something right. It's okay. It's good that he uh I guess he shared the promo on Twitter and then the Rock subsequently signed off because I was just about to say that's a gimmick infringement, brother. Can't do that mm-hmm. to me. Uh that's not gonna work for me, brother. Yeah, I I legitimately thought he was going to he wasn't going to shout out the rock. It's like the millions, and I was like, that's the rock. What's he doing? Is he is he trying to get in on this WrestleMania thing? Is he want a, a triple threat match? Um, but yeah, you know, I don't think that's the way that's going to go. But still, uh, it was it was nice to see that there. Um, that promo hit, hit really well, and uh, damn it, SummerSlam, him and Baron Corbin, it's going to be a good rematch, and um. Finally, then, really quick one. The uh, New Day were supposed to take on Shanky and Jinder in a tag team match. But, you know, Shanky has been dancing his way to the ring. Maybe his, you know, maybe people's tastes are different. I'm not a fan of his moves. I think he's not really gotten off a lot of rhythm. But that's just me. Um, but people seem to like it. You know, it, it has been building and people have been liking it a little bit more there's been cheers and stuff like this here and uh xavier kind of just gave a little bit of a little bit of a shout out on the mics like we don't do uh we're not going to do uh rematches because doing rematch after rematch after rematch is boring which is which is just the funniest thing ever if you look at the uh previous what was it you said 16 weeks of uh of matches they had against the brawling brutes yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was Xavier who did a tweet basically surmising like the past 15 or 16 or so weeks at some other point was just basically some configuration of he, Kofi, and or the New Day facing off against Shamo, uh, Ridge Holland, and uh, Butch slash Pete Dunn. Yeah, in some configuration legit for like the better part of like 15 to 16 weeks, which is like way more than like you know, a third of the year. So he was just like, I think it was, I feel like that him mentioning that on SmackDown was a little jab at the tweet. And it's like, why this doesn't make sense. So, yeah, it was very self-aware, sarcastic, made me giggle. And that's what the quick hits are all about. All right. I dig it. Those were, those are fun. I, I enjoyed those segments as well. And, uh, in addition, if you have some quick hits, definitely let us know down in the comments below or on Twitter or Instagram. All right, and that about wraps it up for us, uh, Joker. How was that for you? Because that was uh, that was a fun discussion for me. Yeah, it was. Uh, there was definitely an awful lot more. Uh, definitely an awful lot more there than I thought there was going to be. 
it was some parts where I was like, oh, this is going to be really quick. And no, it really wasn't. <laughs> we, we do sometimes blabble, blabble, blab on a bit. I think it's one of those where uh, if we're trying to do, all right, uh, this person, this person, boom, think this person's going to win type of thing. We, because we enjoy, you know, we've been fans for such a long time and then, you know, uh, we're, we're passionate about uh, wrestling as well. You, you can see that sometimes if it's just like, all right, two people fight. No, we, we want to ex- kind of share why we think and kind of our little bit of insight and kind of uh, the things that we see. So, you know, to potentially differentiate it between just like, uh, you know, John Q, uh, you know, person just sharing it. So sometimes these prediction shows can be a little longer, but, you know, we want to give you uh, the fans who are giving us an opportunity and giving us a listen slash watch to uh, to give a little insight into us and why we think. So we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's definitely one of those things that uh, as long as they are interesting and you'll probably find that from some of our replies from some of the matches and other matches where it's like this person wins. I've got nothing to say about it. Um, you know, it's not me being mean or trying to be mean or trying to be funny or anything. I legitimately have less to say than I actually say. So I try to uh, elongate that by poking a little fun at it. Um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, as always, these prediction shows, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't know how they would go, but uh, I, I genuinely have fun with them. Yeah, it's nice to kind of figure out and, you know, just based on what we've seen and our inferences to uh, to see if we can pick a winner or we uh, we lose the farm, essentially. So, But uh, like I said, that about wraps it up for us. So for TF Joker. I am going to get myself 8 to 12 hours of sleep at some point, so I hope you do too. And for me, Pretty Tony, we thank you for your time and letting us be a part of your day and remember be good to yourself be good to each other and we'll catch you next time peace <laughs>